Welcome to the Godly Business Podcast, where entrepreneurs learn the fundamentals of sales. Today, I have the great honor of meeting my new friend, Michelle Francois, who decided to grace my podcast with her presence. She is an awesome um, leader, in my opinion, and I think um, you will learn a lot from her, especially as you grow in your business. So, Michelle, thank you for coming. Um, I wanted you to kind of go ahead and introduce yourself. Let us know what you're all about, a little bit more about you. Thank you for having me here. I think this is so awesome. This is a dope experience for, you know, either existing entrepreneurs or future entrepreneurs. Um, I'm glad to be a part of it. Thank you. So a little bit about me. So, well, you know, everybody says that anyone that's born and raised in New York has to say they're from New York. So, yeah, I'm originally, <laughs> I'm originally from New York City's Brooklyn specifically. You gotta um, represent, huh? <laughs> can't leave that out of any conversation. So, so I've heard that we all say we're from New York. Um, but right now, of course, I, uh, I'm, in, I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, and I've been here for about seven years. And um, a little bit about my background. Um, I went to school in New York City. I went to college at Brooklyn College. Um, I have a, a degree in business, a bachelor's degree in business management, as well as um, a second major in psychology. Um, a lot of my work experience has been in banking. I've worked for several banking institutions from the um, retail side uh, in terms of uh, front facing with clients. And as well as working um, right now, I work on on the operations side in terms of um, the run the bank type of initiatives, right? Um, I've also worked for a nonprofit in New York City where I was a financial coach, um, a financial counselor. Oh, it's doing it again. <laughs> It no, no, no. Out. That was that was my phone. It was uh, I had set an alarm. I uh, forgot oh, to turn okay. it off. <laughs> okay, so um, I was a financial counselor for New York City, um, one of um, uh, funded through New York City um, through a nonprofit. And what I did is I helped people with uh, budgeting, credits, oh, yeah. um, savings, and debt. Those are the four areas that we focused on. Um, and that was actually a really great experience because I did also help entrepreneurs there. Uh, not just, I bet. yeah, not just, <laughs> not just individuals, but I also help people who were starting their own business and help them make the ties between understanding what it takes to, um, the, the different skill sets that it takes, uh, to both manage your personal finances it's the same thing when you're managing your business finances and when you're starting up Absolutely. as an entrepreneur. So that was, that was a great experience. So I did that. And then, um, then I started working um, in operations in terms of uh, the, the, the institution that I work with now. So um, my main, my main um, responsibilities is a project manager and I do work on regulatory change projects and what we do is we implement any changes that would um, be, I guess, delivered through any of the regulators, because of course this is banking and we all know that the banking industry is highly regulated. 
Um, yeah. So uh, um, as those uh, those changes c- come um, are di- are shared with us from the regulators, then we put through a project plan to make sure that it's fully implemented front to back. So that can involve um, any like the full array of the entire business and the entire bank would be involved in those changes. So it touches every area. Um, um and uh yeah so that's pretty much what i do a little bit about my background did i say i was from brooklyn (laughs) (laughs) just so y'all know if you didn't know she's from brooklyn okay (laughs) that's awesome and i i think it's it's super super interesting and the fact that you were in finance i mean still are in finance right but that is something that I feel like people miss, especially as new entrepreneurs. If the Bible also says that too, right? If if you can't handle a little bit, it's gonna be hard for you to handle a lot. And I think if you can't budget on your personal life, that also is gonna translate on the business side. And that can be very, very dangerous when you have to, you know, especially depending on how big you you get and if you don't um know how to hire the proper person the proper people and even Mm -hmm. with that you still need to know how to budget you know you still need to know how to manage debt and that's huge the the managing debt part um i always recommend for new like newer business owners to try their best to avoid debt Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. And the reason is, and and you tell me because obviously you you were in that and advising them. But mm-hmm. I, the reason why I do that is because you are taking a risk, right? When you start the business, you don't know if it will be successful. That's true. And you still will owe whatever it is that you took out. And so for me, I, I know like social media are are like big on like, oh yeah, I leave your nine to five and, and jump and start a business. <laughs> I'm like. Keep your nine to five and do your business at the same time. Yeah. And once your business grows enough to cover what you make in your W-2, mm-hmm. then you can make the jump because that debt, you still got to pay it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, the way I look at debt is I think that it, I want to choose the right words here. So I think <laughs> that the... I think that the, the societal view, right? As a society, we try to tell everyone that debt is bad, debt is bad. But there's a difference between good debt and bad debt, right? So if you go into debt in order to have something that's going to um, be income producing, right? Then that's good debt, right? But if your debt is just a sunken cost where it's just something of use where it doesn't, you know, let's just say like you buy a $10,000 watch, right? Not to say that that's a bad debt. If you could afford it, you could afford it, right? But. Hello? Yeah, sorry. Let me see if I can turn off. Can you hear me still? Yeah, I can hear you still. Okay. Give me a second. I don't know why. Two seconds, two seconds. <laughs> the alarms, I have like 1,600 of them too. Yeah. So. <laughs> if I don't set an alarm, I won't remember to, to you know, do anything. Girl, <laughs> in college, I had to put alarms just to remind myself to eat. That's how bad it was. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So. so 
Yeah. So, um, so let's think about good debt from a perspective of good debt and bad debt, right? So good debt is going to be something that's going to lead to future returns, right? Mm -hmm. Um, bad debt is a sunken cost, meaning like you get the material value of whatever you get it and you paid what it is. You, you, you have that debt, you're paying it off or whatever the case may be, but that item is either diminishing in value over time or there's no resale value. There's no, you know, it's, it's just, yeah. you own this thing. It's a liability. It's, it's a liability. Time. Exactly. Yeah. So that's how, that's how I try to look at things in terms of debt. I don't always tell people that, you know, debt is a bad thing. Sometimes you, you need debt in order for you to, 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 um, to scale up to the next level. No, to leverage it. Yes. And, and that's the thing. Yes. Are you leveraging the debt? If you're not leveraging the debt. And so the thing I caution people about, and I don't necessarily say, I don't, I don't think, just like I don't think money is neither good nor bad, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's a tool. It's just how you use it. Debt is neither good or bad, right? So if I borrow $5,000 from you and I go and buy a car, and flip it and sell it for seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and I give you back your five thousand. I made two thousand dollars. Exactly. Right. So that that to me is me leveraging that tool, which mm-hmm. is your money, right? What they call other people money. I use your money, mm-hmm. bought the car, pay you the five thousand plus interest, right? Let's say it's fifty five thousand. I mean, you know, fifty five hundred, mm-hmm. and now I make fifteen hundred. So that's how you're supposed to use debt and in the business aspect. But the thing is what I find that people do is they would take the 5,000, right? And then um, they would go and buy the car. And then let's say they did flip it and everything like that. Instead of trying to, let's say, pay you off right away, um, mm-hmm. they would take that money and maybe reinvest the now there's nothing wrong if they're reinvesting that seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and then okay, now I'm taking that seven thousand. I'm I'm gonna buy me a ten thousand dollar car, right? Mm-hmm. And then with that ten thousand dollar car, now I'm making an extra. Um, you know, I buy the car for seven thousand. I made ten thousand. I make another an extra three thousand. But you also have to remember, you still owe Michelle five thousand dollars. Exactly. <laughs> so to me, so, yeah, that's character, right? Exactly. That's less of a, that's less of a, like, the uh, thing that you do that that's a part of your character. So I think that one thing that we have to remember is that like, our character follows us everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, wherever you are, there you are. Exactly. <laughs> it's like your personal brand. So if you borrow $5,000 from someone and you have an agreement that X, amount of money is going to be uh, paid back at um, a certain date, then honor your word because that's part of your character. Because for some people, lending you the 5,000 could be nothing for them, but you'll never see another dime from them ever again. Exactly. You know, so and not only that too, mm-hmm. like when you, you don't want to, um, you know, as Haitian this is big in our culture. Like your 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 name means a lot. Mm-hmm. Your right? personal brand, yeah. Your personal brand, and um, I know this. Like the whole concept of personal brand is kind of like new, but like, and um, and I didn't know it was not just in Haitian culture, but in other culture too. Like if somebody approaches my father to marry me, 
mm-hmm. right? And their family's name is trash. Mm-hmm. Like, they will not, my, my dad would be like, no, you can't marry her because your family, your great-grandfather was a thief. And now your yeah. whole family's known as a thief. <laughs> so therefore, you can't marry my daughter because I don't want her to, you know, be associated with that. So it's like, you know, your your name means a lot. And when you start a business too, like you said, if you don't have character or integrity, like no one wants to do business with you. And that's, mm-hmm. I think also that's one of the things that when it comes to the sales conversation, which is what I'm, I'm in, is there's a warped view of what sales is because they think every salesperson don't have integrity. I think that's the biggest thing that people fear when it comes to sales is that someone is trying to take advantage of them and people have devalued the 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 brand i guess you would say yeah what selling is because it's it's just so so many people lack of integrity i've just destroyed that um what do you call it that that business or that um trade skill yeah yeah, it's unfortunate because I think that we are in a consumeristic society. So, and then we also are in a society where we value status mm-hmm. <laughs> more than anything yep. else. You know, like a lot of things are based on status. And I don't, I don't, I don't think that to me, sales is a, is not a bad thing. It's, it's, it's like it's a means to an end for anything, right? It's a skill. It's a skill. Exactly. Right. And we, we all, honestly, we, we take part in that, in the sales industry every single day. Yep. It just may be on a minor scale for most of us, but we are part of that every single day. When you walk into a store and you buy a water for a dollar, that's a sales transaction. You know, yeah. it may not have been any specific marketing towards you or anything like that, but it was a need that you needed fulfilled. And this person is a salesperson and they sold you that bottle of water. Right. And that's how I try to look at sales in terms of that. And I think when it comes to those people who just lack integrity, who are in the industry of sales or whatever, we have intuition. We are all born with born with it. Right. I, I, I think, um, what it is, is in terms of just like being able to say, is this for me or is this not for me? If you're going into a deal with someone or whatever the case may be. And I, I feel like, you know, sometimes salespeople could be very pressuring. Well, um, I think that's like, what yeah. people think what sales is. And that's what like one of mm-hmm. my biggest message for entrepreneurs specifically, because what mm-hmm. I find is when, because now there's such a negative view around what sales is because of the sleazy car salesman mentality, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the first thing people think of. So because of that negative view and that negative experience, people shun uh, and shun away from the the sales. Mm-hmm. So now here you are, you've become a consultant, you a business owner, right? And you're trying to have a conversation with a prospect, but because for you, sales is negative, right? Sales is pressure, whatever. You now become afraid to ask for the sale, to ask for the close. So yeah. therefore, because of that, all of a sudden you like, oh, um, well, you know, you start fidgeting, your, your mm-hmm, voice mm-hmm. tone change and all of those things. So this is why I'm like big, big on, hey, your fear of sales and your concept of what sales is, is wrong. And yeah. you have to readdress what sales is. A lot of people, unfortunately, has dragged that um, 
um, you know, skills that that industry mm-hmm. because of how it's portrayed on TV, because of how it's portrayed as um, as a technique. You know, people don't like to the idea of like, you know, you're using techniques on me. Well, guess what? So does marketing. Marketing yeah. is what comes before the sell, right? So marketing are using is using psych- psychology, the colors of um, McDonald's and Burger King and yeah. Chick-fil-A are not by happenstance. You know what I mean? All yeah. of the yeah. details go into marketing in order for you to purchase. So all of those things, we accept those sales in that perspect, but not so much when I'm having a conversation with you and letting you know, hey, you should hire me to be your consultant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's when then as a business person, you become fearful and you can't ask for the sale because all of your life, all of what TV showed, all of the conversation is that, hey, sales is bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, so they, they become fearful of that. So, but yeah, so, it comes back to, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, it's just about like changing the narrative in your mind. And, you know, I don't have a, a, a strong sales background, but uh, what I do remember in terms of sales is, um, we're not like nine times out of 10. Yes. You're selling a product or a service, right? But you're not necessarily selling the product. You're selling the value add to the customer. Like what what value is this to you? And that's where you make your sale. So if you, if you, if you, if you uh, change the narrative, if you change your mindset on what sales is, you're able to sell them on the value to them. McDonald's, the value is not the food. The food is, I don't want to say that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're not selling you food at McDonald's. They're selling you an experience. Yeah. They're selling you, uh, they're selling you taste and they're selling you, um, convenience, convenience. Exactly. They're selling you convenience and and they're giving you back your time to do whatever you got to do. Hence why it's called fast food. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's changing the narrative. Like your McDonald's is not in the business of selling hamburgers. They really aren't. They're, they're, no. they're selling you, they're selling you convenience. They're selling you, <laughs> you know, an experience. They're selling you, you know, the, the logo that you're walking around with, you know, that you, you are part of this culture who also eats McDonald's, you know? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So, and, that, and that's the mindset that I think that people need to have when it comes to sales. Um, because it, like I said, sales is a part of our every. Like, but we all are salesmen. We're all salesmen, and we're all we're all we consumers. Are, we all are salesmen, <laughs> and the fact that, like, okay, let's say you have this like really dope party that's coming up, right? And I'm like, eh, I don't want to go. And you're like, girl, listen, there's gonna be this person there. We're gonna do this, 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 and that. Mm-hmm. And then you're selling me the value of me going to this event. Exactly guess what you just sold me that that's what sales is and so that's one of my biggest thing is like um reframing um to you know business owners and entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. what sales is so they don't get to um you know that conversation and then just freeze because like they have this negative view of it but um the other thing that i thought was really interesting um that you do is the project management because we could talk about that in so many different aspects like being um in real estate um i know like it's a lot when it comes to like the different (laughs) aspect that you have to control and manage so 
from from your standpoint, I know it's slightly different, but I want to learn a little bit more on like what are some things when let's say you're going now from um and you don't have to approach it from from this perspective, you could approach it from a different perspective, but I'm thinking like, mm-hmm. okay, now you're going from a solopreneur, right? To now you your business have grown, you've been blessed and now have to um, expand, right? Maybe you have to um, hire five or six more people and um, this is what you have to do. Like, how would you, what are the things that you would say Oh, okay. Are the main things that someone needs to think about when when it comes to like project manage management or expanding or like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rolling out a you know different product and stuff like that. So I would say first, um, in terms of scaling your business up and 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 expanding, right? Um, one, you have to think about being doing this in an organized way, right? Mm-hmm. The reason why I say do it in an organized way is because anything that you think couldn't happen will happen, right? <laughs> and that's and- <laughs> <laughs> like if you if you didn't think it was gonna go wrong, it's gonna go wrong, and not wrong in a sense of like it's detrimental. It's just like oh, I thought that this was gonna be a path to green, but no, it's a path to red. Okay, well, how do I how do I um how do I move past that? How do I, how do I deal with that? And then move and keep going towards the goal. Right. So um, the first thing is, is, is being organized. And honestly, the easiest way I still tell people is like, I checklist my whole life. Like before, (laughs) (laughs) before I walk out the door, right. It's like, um, I always say this because it's, it's my internal thing to remember to, to grab everything. Right. Um, but it was, uh, there's a, there was a TV show uh, called Jersey Shore and they used to always say gym tan laundry, right? That was their, their thing for the day. That's all they did was go to the gym, they tan and they did laundry, right? So <laughs> before I walk, before I walk out the door, I go gym tan laundry, purse, keys, phone. Like <laughs> that's my gym. T- <laughs> I'm dead serious. That's my gym tan laundry. That's my checklist to yeah. walk out the door. Right. Um, you know, and then anything else ancillary or whatever the case may be, you know, I'm organized enough to know that it's not part of my gym tan laundry. So if I need to carry something out the door with me, it's in front of the door before I walk out. Yep. You know, and that's what that that's the level of organization is to have the foresight to know that I need to make sure that I plan for the unexpected and you can't really plan for the unexpected, but you can have it worked into your plan where like if something unexpected happens, I have a way of pivoting or whatever the case may be. So that's the first thing. It's like organization, yeah. checklist, write things down, literally check them off as they get completed. Right. Um, then you have to also think about um, like, who are your stakeholders, right? In a project, your stakeholders would be um, like anyone that's involved in either that's responsible for a task or a deliverable. Right. And what are their core um uh, like the, what, what, what do they contribute to the project, right? So um, like if you're hiring new employees, that's now your staff. Do you, are you able to now scale the business up and also manage a staff or do you need to now hire, hire a manager? Yeah. Right? Or- well, I'm gonna write these things down. Hold up. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, like just think about it. Like you're only one person. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And that, and that's where it comes from, like being able to identify people who are going to replace you in areas. And, and you know, that's called delegating, delegating tasks to people who are capable of um, replacing you in areas where you may not be available anymore. That's very important. And you have to be able to trust that that person has the decision making faculties to be able to make the best decision on your behalf or on the behalf of the business. Oh, you know, when you mentioned that, the first thing that came to mind was a book that I read years ago, uh, Four Hour Workweek. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things he said is that, you know, he hired different people to do the task, but that was one of the factors that he didn't take into consideration, decision-making. So every single time they needed to do something, they had to call him and be like, hey, can we do this? Hey, what's this? So eventually he would just like, hey, Anything like, um, like, let's say it's refund, anything above um, at 5,000, you're good to go. You can make that decision. Anything over 5,000, then you get me involved, right? Mm-hmm, so because he mm-hmm. didn't give them that power to make the decisions, th- he was still there. So it was like, there was no point of you hiring these people <laughs> because they're still contacting you to make the final decision. So exactly. empowering them and giving them that ability to make the decision is huge. So I'm, I'm glad that you touched on that. Yeah. And, and that's very important. You want to make sure that you have people in place that can make the best decision and or know when to consult you if they're not able to make that decision. Right. Because that's two, that's, that, that's two different things because you can empower someone and then empower them to, you know, tear your business down. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. You have to have, and, 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 and that's where um, a big part of project management is communication. Like you literally have to have like a communication plan and, and, you know, that, that, that decision that, that, um, that uh, entrepreneur had that you mentioned, his communication plan was okay. Above 5,000, you contact me. Right. That was part of his plan because it's like, I don't need to be bothered with the minutia of anything less than that. Yeah. You know? So, but it's also like uh, being able to have people who know when to communicate with you. You know, some people say, like, oh, I don't want to bother. No, no, no. <laughs> you not saying anything could have ripple effects. Exactly. Down the line, right? Because um, one thing I tell people, you know, uh, or maybe I should just talk about myself, right? A big part of how I work is like, if this, then that, right? So if I do this, then what happens, Right. What are the act? What are the 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 um impacts of me either saying something or not saying something? And 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 that's the type of analysis that I that I do in terms of communication, in terms of like my impact on on the project. You know, communication. It's like if I don't tell the key stakeholders things that they need to know in order for them to make decisions, that impacts my project. Yep. And I think that's that's huge too. Like um, looking at it from a real estate and designer perspective, right? Like you mm-hmm. didn't give the proper instruction on how you wanted the towel laid. You just gave him the towel and say, "Hey, lay the towel." And then he goes and lay the towel. Then you come back and be like, "Wait, I wanted it this way." Well, you didn't communicate that really well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. So communication is key, and making sure that you have the right um, the information delivered. And then also, you know, it's like, is it is it delivered in a way that's palatable to the person that's receiving it as well, right? So a, a huge part of like what I do day to day is like, 
we get these like maybe sometimes uh, I don't even know how many pages. Sometimes it could be like fifteen pages. And I know that somebody who's on the business side is not going to stop and read 15 pages of anything. Mm -hmm. So I have to read the 15 pages and then I have to be able to have the foresight to know, okay, this is necessary information. And then this is, (laughs) you know, they have the whole document. If they want to read it, that's their business. But I know that these are the key points that I need to make sure that they understand that this is what, what, what is critical, you know, it's critical to the mission that we have. Right. So, and, 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 and that in itself is a skill, you know, it was a skill that I had to develop over time because I realized like I'm sharing information, but it's not palatable to my audience. Yeah. You know, I, I have a meeting and I'm like, well, I shared the document with you all. And it's like, nobody, there's 30 people in a meeting, not one single person read it. <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay. So these are the kind of things that you, um, that you have to, to decide now. And then maybe I'm not the person to do that. So then that might, might be a task that I have to delegate to someone else that's able to take the time. So it's just like, as a business owner, you have to be able to recognize where, like, what are the, um, the assets, like who is an asset to your organization and what are their skill sets that are going to be an asset? Oh to my your God. Right. Because there's only two things that people are right. You know, they're all resources, right. But they're either mm-hmm. an asset or they're a liability <laughs> and that's it. And that's how you have to look at every single person that's involved in your business. Like, are they adding value or are they taking away value? So it's funny that you kind of mentioned what are the assets. So one of the podcasts that I will be talking about is, and expanding your business is to do a um, a skill assessment mm-hmm. so you know what everyone can do, right? So, like, let's say you hired me uh, for, I don't know, uh, consulting and sales because that's, that's what I do in, in sales structure. But mm-hmm. you may not also know that, hey, I'm really good at um, project management, right? Exactly. Those are two different things. But by doing an assessment, right, you know, okay, if I need this, do I necessarily need to hire someone else or can I now have this person also do both of those aspects? Not exactly. it's a lot, right? Exactly. But mm-hmm. it's also I know this person can do this job. And then you can also know, okay, this person is really weak at this point, but they have potential that I can train them to replace this person. So like one of the things that my husband is dealing at his job right now is um, he has um, this lady, like she's kind of like the gatekeeper, right? Everything comes through her. And if she's not there, almost like operation is not going <laughs> yeah. until she comes back. And I'm like, and he's like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. So he's trying to go to his boss and explain like, mm-hmm. this is an issue. that She's bottlenecking. Yeah, she's bottlenecking it. And then so he's starting to learn and write a a manual to where, okay, next person that comes in, they should be able to plug and play, Mm -hmm. right? Certain rules should be, certain um, things should be plug and play. Now there are certain, um, like you said, like knowledge and um, things that you have to hire specifically for, but there are other things that like, okay, somebody needs to know how to operate this software, not just this person, especially if it's like, multiple things that this is an everyday thing like at least three people in the building should know how to operate the software because god forbid this person dies now what are we gonna do 
she's a key man risk. That's what that is. That and and you have to think about that like in your business as well. Do you have key man risk? So a key man is the one person that knows how to do like it's the one person that knows that this one light switch in the back of the building is the switch that turns on all the lights in the in the entire building. Yeah. You understand? Like that, that that's a key man risk because if that person don't show up today, we have no lights. Like that's the level of the, like you have to think about it. So I agree, your your husband is on the right path to make sure that all of the things that should be able to be transferable skills are documented so that anyone can walk in off the street and be able to just pick that up and, and t- take care of that. Exactly. It, you don't have to have expertise in this in order for you to, for it to get done. Right. Yeah. So that, that matters a lot. And being able to identify that you have that level of risk is that that's what your husband identified. Like she can't be the bottleneck of information. She can't be the bottleneck of operation. She can't be the bottleneck of all tasks that need to be completed to get things done. Because like you said, if she dies tomorrow, what happens? Exactly. Does, does the business go under? <laughs> I, I, I'm sure they have enough money to figure it out. But, you know, at the same time, I'm just like, that is something that I don't think um, like the the average business owner is thinking about, you know, mm-hmm. like you can't have your whole life. Um, I was talking to, to a friend of mine who pretty much he was trying to help someone else. So he asked me what I think they need to do. And after he told me the story, I'm like, he needs to fire his secretary. And he's like, yo, that's what I told him. And I'm like, yeah, he needs to fire his secretary. Um, because there's a, just a bunch of things that are not um, accounted for. But also, like the same example, she's bottlenecking. And she has contact. She keeps the log. Like, this person is like 50 years old, which is still young. And mm-hmm. they do everything manually. When I say manually, I mean like paper pen. <laughs> yeah. Paper pen. <laughs> and I'm like, that's where he keeps his client's log. No. And stuff. And like when to pay the clients, how much like investors, right? How to reimburse investors and stuff. And I'm like, baby, that, no. Mm-hmm. And You're then she has all that information. But I'm like, so if she miscalculate and doesn't pay the correct amount for X, Y, Z for so long, mm-hmm. it's still on your head. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's just, um, how do you then, with all of this and delegate and, and things like that, m- make sure you're managing proper oversight without micromanaging? Because that's, that's another exactly aspect. Exactly. Yeah, and as a project manager, um, you are in, in, inherently a micromanager, but... <laughs> But that's just that's just the nature of like people, right? Because I, like um, one thing is uh, like having to make sure that people have their tasks done. It could mean that you're 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 like sending ten emails to the same person, and you know who your your key problem people are. Here, you, know, <laughs> you know, so like. Um, you know, from a business standpoint, you know, large organization, you can't control for that. But from a, a small business standpoint, if somebody is not able to follow through on their deliverables or their tasks or whatever, they, they are they are a liability. Mm-hmm. They need to be they need to be replaced and remove the relationship aspect of it. And like, oh, that's my friend. That's this person. Blah, blah, blah. No, your business needs to be sustainable. Anyone that's stopping, you know, operations from you know, uh, flowing and being functional 
is, is a liability to you. And I think that that's another thing that, you know, uh, entrepreneurs is because, you know, small business, you have more interpersonal relationships with your team mm-hmm. you tend to like let a lot of things go, which sounds like what happened with the, the, the person that you're saying with the secretary or whatever, he probably has huge rapport with this person. Yeah. 17, though, 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> even though they have not taken any time to, to develop on their skill set come up with technology or, or you know invest in 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 technology that's that's going to bring a value add to the business learn new skill sets technical skills or whatever the case may be yeah i would have let that person go along if somebody pulls out a paper and a pen to do anything well i can't say that because i use paper and pen all the time only because i can write faster than yeah. i can but um <laughs> all my typed notes turn into all my written notes turn into type notes afterwards you know so um like you have to be able to recognize where it's just not a good fit anymore and you need to move on. It's no bad blood. It's just, I'm doing what's best for, for the business. Yeah. And I think that's uh, the cautionary cautionary tale that I would tell business owners is um, I know like when you first start, it may be that, well, I'm doing business with the people I know, right. My friends and family, that's who I'm going to hire. And um, that's one thing I would caution. Mm-hmm. Is, do you really want to have that relationship? And if it's one of those things like, yo, I know Michelle is like a great operation manager. So I want to hire her for this project. Well, make sure you have a very detailed, um, what do you call it? Uh, I wouldn't say contract, but like expectations. Like list of responsibilities? Like responsibilities. Yes, but operation yeah. management. Mm-hmm whatever they call them, OP something, whatever. But like, you know, like very detailed, like, hey, this is, a, this is what the expectation are. This is what your job duties are. This this is what uh, I'm expecting of you. And these are the consequences if they are not, um, you know, dealt with. Or, yeah. And this is also why I, I always say, if you are a business owner, try to deal with 1099 employees, mm-hmm. especially depending on your state. Because it may make it easier to like, hey, you know, this it's is not this, working. Out. <laughs> it's not working out. I just hire someone else. There's no yeah. like whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like you're working on project per project or whatever. Yeah. And right. it's like it is done. So there's just so many things that I feel like in expending um, that people are not taking into consideration. So what would you say? Out of everything you said, you know, being organized, uh, making checklists, delegating, having decision makers in your um, in your team, knowing what assets you have, the key men risk, like all of those things that we've just talked about. What would you say is like the no, no, absolutely do not pass go, do not collect a hundred dollars. Like, Don't do this when it comes to like, um, you know, project management. Um, let me see. I feel like there's so many things because like even everything that we we discussed, we didn't even, we didn't touch on budget. We didn't touch on reporting and we didn't touch on all those things, but those are all part of managing a project as well. But let me see. I would say like in terms of any project, I would say my no, no is, is, is bad communication. I've seen what, what, what that has done in terms of um, if, you know, if you're not good at 
communicating, if you're not good at being able to deliver the message to your audience, um, you need to bring in someone that is or develop that skill, mm-hmm. you know, get past telling people bad news, <laughs> you know, like, and that's another thing. Like, I feel like our society is so afraid to tell people bad news. Like I'm not like, I'm that person that if you want to have the uncomfortable conversation, you know, I, I'm, I'm there. I'm going to hold your hand. Me you too. know, like, <laughs> but you know, um, I almost called you your nickname, but <laughs> you know what I would say though, I think that's culture. Yeah. I think that's very cultural because I realized like, um, Islanders, like, you know, West Indies, Caribbean people, like we're very straightforward. Like mm-hmm. when it comes to certain things, right. Whereas Americans are a little bit more to like not hurt your feelings. And I see it with Africans too, like Nigerians and like, they will just let you know, baby, you fat. And then just keep it, you know what I'm saying? It's just a fact. We're not trying to hurt your feelings and stuff like that. So I feel like it's a cultural thing. Like, whereas um, the West, um, you know, mm-hmm. Americans, Canadians, like um, people from the UK, I, I see more of like, oh, well, I don't want to. And I'm not saying like you want to be rude or like, you know, whatever. But it's like, hey the sky is falling. I'm going to tell you the sky is falling the best yeah. I can without you freaking out. And then, mm-hmm. hey, this is what we're going to do about it. You know what I mean? And just address that. So I feel like it, it is, uh, that's probably why you're comfortable with it. It's yeah. Like, hey, you hate it. You know the culture. Like, hey, this is what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and, and, and I think that that's a, that's a skill set you have to have as a, as a, as a business owner. You have to be able to have any conversation at any time with anyone and, and like remove the emotion from it. You know, like you don't need to sugarcoat it. If something is going bad, just be able to deliver it like to that person and say, Hey, you know what, this, this is what I need to happen. You know, you know what, guess what? We're all adults. And I tell people, I'm not in the business of managing nobody's feelings. (laughs) You can do that on your own, do that on your time, you know, cause I don't need you to manage mine. So like um, this information needs to be disseminated and that's what's going to happen. It's funny that you said that um, because I was watching a podcast and it's a, um, I forgot her name. Uh, But anyways, what she was saying was that she only hires male employees or 1099 male employees and, um, they were like, why is that? And she was explaining how, like, when she had female employees, it was like, she could never just go and say, hey, I don't like this, change it, make it this. It's like, you almost always had to tiptoe around, like, hey, whatever, because the first time she addressed mm-hmm. it like that, like, you know, they were in their feelings. They felt like, well, you couldn't have said it this way and that. And I think maybe it's a generational thing too, but mm-hmm. I'm like... I could understand her viewpoint and to a certain extent kind of agree with her, <laughs> you know, but it, it, it is something that um, I, I, I hate and also have to address the fact that, Hey, it is true that unfortunately the um, it's hard when you have to like manage the emotional aspect of it, which is what human human resource is right. Like the, yeah. the emotional aspect of working with other human beings but that is something that um i you know 
calling yeah. it what it is. Like that is a challenge when it's like, hey, I, I need you to know this is this is business and this is not personal. And people always like want to say, oh, like, oh yeah, you know, business don't take care of human aspect and things like that. Yeah, they do, but and not but and at the same time, we are here for a purpose, right? The purpose is not managing our employees' emotions. The purpose is to be the best at whatever exactly you know my, my business is. <laughs> yeah, I mean like managing people people oh people management skills in itself is just like as a like as a project manager, I think that that's probably one of the biggest challenges is because you're not anybody's direct boss, but you need everybody to do something for you, right? So how do you navigate those waters where I need you to do something, but I have no authority over you, you know, but, you know, but that's different. Like, that's just, that's something, if anybody ever wants to become a project manager, really think about that. You know, how do you get people that you have no authority over to do things for you? But from a business standpoint, it's just like as, as a manager of people in a business, right? And, and this is where communication, I say, comes in, um, comes in and you having great communication skills. It's, it'll help you in those, you know, murky waters where it's just like, how do I find balance between delivering the message and, and, and not, you know, coming off as cold hearted or, or whatever the case may be. And, and honestly, sometimes some messages have to be just delivered as matter of fact as possible, because you need to make sure that you and that person are aligned of how we move forward. Yeah, there's no misunderstanding because I'm not trying to take into account your emotions. So therefore, I'm like trying to be careful what I say and things like that. And mm-hmm. and I think that's what she was, um, the point that she was making. Like, I need you to understand what I'm saying and get to the point and not have to worry about the math. Because that is, once you start thinking about what you have to say um, so much, I think, or, or not even what the how you have to say something. I think yeah. that makes the delivery become not as efficient as it could yeah. be. Yeah. You're watering down the message <laughs> with yeah. all of it. Yeah. And the urgency of it, right? Yeah, because exactly. then if I have to like um, try to say, hey, you know, if you can, like, no, not if you can. Hey, I need this to be done by two o'clock today and this needs to become priority, right? Versus like, hey, um, I know you have a lot going on and blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, we already know that fact. I don't need to bring that up. Yeah. But I'm in this position because I'm aware of something that you may not be aware of. And that's something like even right now, I um, in my W2 job that I've done too, it's like become the voice for the supervisor. It's, it's kind of a weird situation. But like when other people are like, well, I don't understand this, this and that. Well, you're not in management. Yeah. That's not your job to understand it, right? And it's almost like I'm, I'm not trying to take the side of the manager, but I've also been in that position to understand, like, it's not for you to understand. It's for you to to do what needs to be done because there are bigger pictures that you're not previewed to, that you don't need to be previewed to, that things need to be done. Exactly. And and, and those are necessary conversations. And- not everybody's going to get everything all the time, but you got to make sure that, you know, whoever is involved in your business is aligned with your mission, your mission, your goals. And, and, and I think that that's the most important, um, just a little backstory. I did have a business with, um, with, uh, I had a business, you know, many years ago, but my business partner was not aligned with the financial goals of the business. Oh, girl. 
Woo! And that led to big issues. Mm-hmm. So alignment of vision, alignment of, you know, the direction of where we're going, alignment on what outcomes we're seeking, right, is very, very important. Like mission critical yep. <laughs> is aligned. Because if someone is not aligned with the vision of your business, again, liability. Yep. So that's why I look at everybody. It's like, are you an asset or are you a liability? Uh, and you can do that in your own personal life too. You don't have to do that in, in business. It's like, yeah, we family, but it seems like every time I'm around you, something bad is happening. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You are, you are now a liability to me. <laughs> no, um, seriously, there there are projects. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, my husband and I like are we we are into a lot of things, but mm-hmm. um, one of the things is real estate, right? And um, so one of the projects we have to do is to buy land, but like in big amounts. And mm-hmm. um, I have a cousin who we did something with them on a small, small scale and love them to pieces, but they tried to like jip us, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a couple of hundred dollars. But then, so when the bigger project came and you talking about, you know, yeah. purchasing 40 acres of land and like mm-hmm. all of those things, I'm like, the yeah, character. I'm interested. And not because I'm not interested exactly, but mm-hmm. your character in small showed me that I can't trust you in big. Mm-hmm. You know it's what all, I mean? It's all full circle. It is all full circle in terms of just like what you do. It, like your personal brand will stick with you. It will exactly. stick with you no matter where you go. So like you have to be um mindful of that. Um as and you not to say that this, people don't yeah. change because we all have grown, we've all have made mistakes, we all have, you know, made like oh snap, like probably have made the best decision. But at the same time I'm like, I have to look at the you now. Yeah. Right. I have to I still have to look at the the, the thing I, I know as of right now, you know, God is working on all of us. <laughs> you know, we're all working project um, in progress. But at the same time, you have to, like, while I am giving you grace, I also need to protect myself. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and that's a, another thing that I, like, like you said, it's like, oh, well, you know, I believe in second chances. Yeah, not with my money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There you go. You have to be able to protect yourself from that level of risk as well. Yeah, you have to prove yourself to me. Just like um, if I'm hiring someone to interview, them doing the interviews, them trying to technically they don't prove themselves to you, right? But they have to sell themselves to me and Mm. the fact that um, they can deliver the job. Now I have a question for you. Um, A lot of uh, I've seen a lot of new ways of hiring people and Mm -hmm. especially like with bigger projects where they give them simple projects to finish. And then wherever it's almost, it's almost like, um, it's like homework. It's like homework for the interview. Yes. It's yeah. almost like, okay, um, I'm, I need this, this big project. So I'm going to give you, you know, the five participant or whatever, whoever mm-hmm. gets the most, whatever gets the job, right. They, they usually do that in internships at the end of the internship. Mm-hmm. But I see that a lot more now with like certain job industries and hiring people. Um, 
what are the pros and cons that you could see with that or is there any cons oh no that i like i've seen that happen like i have a friend that's like she's in the um the tech industry and every single interview they they have like a, a mini project or whatever and i tell her i'm like listen do it but don't do it to the point of completion because i feel like hmm sometimes they ask people to put these things together on an interview because they just like don't want to hire someone to do that you know mm-hmm. And I'm like that. That that's a bit of a risk, but like, I, like I can put something together structurally without giving you all of the pieces and explain the missing pieces to you when we are talking. You know, yeah. when we're we're in the interview process or whatever. So, I think it's key to be able to understand, like, because you don't want to like the outcome of the project to me or that that little task that they give you is. I don't think that necessarily tells you anything more than the fact that. I have this skill set, right? Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what the purpose of those mini projects or tasks that they give people to do on interviews. Do you have the skills that are required to be able to get the job done that I that I potentially want to hire you for, right? So, like, I'm not going to give you a perfectly polished, full-fledged document or whatever it is that you need a presentation or whatever with all of my I'm gonna copyright this thing listen <laughs> okay you know I better like, not see my project gonna... at the end of your marketing watermarked across every page of it you know so like like you have to protect yourself in that sense because I'm like I, I remember like my son was working on I was like I feel like they're not like they just want people to give them samples of work so that they can build on the rest you know Mm -hmm. and it just seemed so weird the way the 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 level of instruction that they were given i was like that's too much to be able that's too much to have to do you understand if you have the core skills you have the core skills yeah you don't they don't need to finish they wanted free labor (laughs) exactly and i was just like huh i don't know about Um, that sis i'm gonna i'm gonna give you like the ba- the basics of it yeah and then and then put at the end of the project like once hired exactly we, <laughs> you can, finish, we can finish this off when we can put all the bells and whistles you know when it's when it when, when i get hired because yeah just be careful with those kind of things but yes i think it's important for people to be able to show that they have the basic skill set that's needed for that job yeah and and i think it makes it makes sense because i've i've gone for job interviews um where it's like oh you know that the interviews in french because i'm saying i speak french so they're like okay if you speak french the interviews in french and some of them i got and some of them um one of them they were like oh it's because of your accent huh i was like um okay (laughs) i mean you got an accent like what (laughs) you saying like i'm like you got a canadian accent I yeah, got a French accent. The French person's gonna have a different French accent. If they're from Senegal, they're gonna have a Senegalese French accent. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. Those are- so you looking for just Canadian French? Like, is that what you like? Yeah, <laughs> I was so pissed. I was like, what the heck? I think when it, when it like I I I believe like the universe makes no mistakes. So when something like that happens, even though to you you're like, oh, this is it's petty, right? Nah, that was the universe, you know, like saying this is not a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. Don't go there. <laughs> it's not for you. It's what's, what's for you is for you. What's not for you is not for you. And that's that's that. 
Yeah, but I just thought that was so like interesting. Well, you know, because of your accent, I'm like, yeah, that that's every person like English in in the United States alone. Okay, we got so many different accents. Exactly, American-born citizen. I'm not talking about like me. I'm talking about you know Atlanta have a like Georgian people have a different accent than New Yorkers. Like what? So yeah, I was I was a little yeah, about feelings about that. I was like, I'm gonna tell you about yourself. Let me stop. That was just weird. I they I think they were just looking for a, an excuse for whatever, you know? Cause, yeah, I was like, okay, sure, whatever. But yeah, I I think it it is a um I think for me for small business owners for certain things I think you should have a trial run. You know how like um. And I don't think uh, a lot of uh, business, small business have like an operational manual. Yeah. Um, that is detailed enough. Now, now, if you buy yourself, then it's fine. But even when you buy yourself, I think there should still be an operational manual. And so that when you are ready to um, delegate and remove this aspect of yourself from the job, right, and you're trying to whatever that person coming in already know what the expectations are. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's probably one of the first things that before they hire someone understand what is it that that person should do? Because it is sometimes it's hard when you're doing it all yourself. Exactly. You know, like, okay, now that I'm no longer going to do this aspect of the job, this aspect of the job that I used to do, what do I want to have this person do and to what extent and what level do I want them done and then also what do girl so (laughs) I had hired um, a cleaning person for one of my Airbnbs right Um, and this one of the mistakes I make which I tell um, (laughs) people to always do right and I I didn't kind of do it um because in my mind, I'm like, if you're cleaning, my assumption, and again, that was my fault, right? Mm-hmm. So for those of you listening, you're like, I know you be telling us to do this and you didn't do it. Yes. So I'm 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 being transparent. I didn't do it. <laughs> but <laughs> my assumption is cleaning is cleaning. You know? I yeah. mean, I thought it is, but it isn't. <laughs> but it isn't. That's what I'm saying. So and sometimes you're thinking this should be common sense. Like I'm hiring you to clean. I'm expecting dusting, mopping, sweeping, um, dusting the, you know, the the top of the stuff, cleaning yeah. the stove, stuff like that. Girl, stove wasn't included. Oh, stove is not included. The stove was not cleaned. <laughs> The fridge was not clean. So I'm like, I have a guest that leaves. But I'm like, even if I didn't tell you this, and even if it wasn't included, to me, since you're a business owner and you understand or you say you understand the aspect of what my business is because you work with other Airbnb people Mm. and short-term rental, if a guest leaves and another guest is coming would it not make sense for the fridge to be completely empty and clean and the stove to be completely clean so that the next guest can come yeah and be comfortable to me i feel like 
that's not something I should have had to say, you know? But then again, these are the things that, like, because you're hiring someone and you're thinking, okay, this should be common sense. I'm hiring you to clean. So, therefore, this, no, 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 no. You yeah. need to make it, these are my expectations. In case other people, like, oh, you've done this before in this company, or, mm-hmm. you know, you work at Wells Fargo, this is what Wells Fargo expect of whatever they call their bankers now, relationship banker or whatever, right? This is what they expect of this banker. Well, guess what? Chase has a completely different expectation of the banker. Yes, they do similar things, but it's a different organization, different vision and things like that. So therefore, when you're hiring someone, just doesn't mean because they have that experience like, oh yeah, I've worked in this company for 10 years and I know what this project management entails. Well, you need to understand what my expectations are. Exactly. And um, how- yeah, like that, that. It goes back to communication, documenting, checklist, check organization, having that be organized enough to have have your checklist of key, you know, responsibilities and requirements that that are needed um, for someone to deliver on. You know, had you had a checklist with the the cleaning person, you know, she would have known that stove is included before you even do any exchange of business like you're not hired unless you agree that the stove is included you know so like that yeah and and like I said I think I mentioned earlier like um foresight you know you knew that you should have probably had conversations about like what the expected outcome but stopping and making that assumption that she's going to do something just based on the fact that yeah of course common sense you're cleaning an airbnb bathrooms, kitchen, bedrooms, common areas, all should be included, right? Yeah. You know, you don't have to get on the roof, but the inside <laughs> of the house, <laughs> the inside of the house should be clean and, and presentable for the next guest or whatever, right? So, but in her mind, no, my my service stops here. Exactly. And that's what I, I always tell people, make sure like your services are detailed and like what you need, like what you're offering, right? As the business owner to the client, this is what I'm offering. So your business are your um, services are clear. So they don't have you're not making an assumption. They're not making an assumption. Exactly. You're right. And so even though I, I I told people that I was making an assumption that hey, this is common sense. So common sense is not always common. Not at all. And you know, <laughs> and don't 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 make assumption. And that's I think like you said, communication is big. Because I feel like a lot of things are, like you said, left unsaid because you assume. And mm-hmm. that's another thing, too. I told my friend, like, um, when he was trying to, like, um, help this other gentleman with his Airbnb side of the business that he was launching. And I was going over, like, things that he has to consider, take into consideration. Like, mm-hmm. like for example... When you're hiring cleaning people, are you going to do 1099 or W-2? Because that's a huge difference on how you're going to handle it. Because mm-hmm. for that person, they have like campgrounds, right? It's it's like five, six um, cabins mm-hmm. and then the grounds and stuff like that. So I'm like, is it going to be a 1099? Does that person, yeah, they're 1099, but they're only contracted to work for you. Or are they going to be working for other campgrounds? Because mm-hmm. then when they're going to have time, you know what I'm saying? Or are you going to do W-2? Because depending on the time frame, now you have to work, look into your state benefits, insurance, 
all of those different things that you don't think about. So these are the things that you stay organized, sit your butt down, (laughs) like figure out all of the requirements that needs to be done in order for you to like have your project, whatever size, big or small, Mm -hmm. be like very detailed. So one of the things, take the biggest takeaway I'm getting and I was writing everything down too because I'm like, let me see if I'm missing something. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I got a lot of this conversation too. Um, and I circled four sites. <laughs> I wrote four sites and I circled yeah. it. But um, yeah, it's like having having that clear communication and a checklist and understanding like, hey, as part of this, these are all of the things I need to do and all of this expectation that I need to have in order for me to really expand my project, whether big or small, in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So this was an amazing, amazing conversation. I feel like I need, like, we need to <laughs> have a different podcast where we deal a, a lot more into even, like, budget and reporting. I'm like, that part. Yeah, that's huge. Like, and and that comes in with building, you know, financial literacy skills and stuff like that, right? Um, but that to me, I feel like that's a whole nother hours topic because there's so much that's encompassed in that. So it's just like you become a you become um, a jack of all trades as an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you're first started, up. you are the accountant. You are the service provider. You are the customer service uh, representative. <laughs> you are, you know, these are all the things. You're the, you're, you're, you're everything to the business. And then having, being able to then, when you're scaling up, being able to like, okay, well, I'm not going to do accounting anymore because I'm going to hire an accountant. You know, I'm, you know, like these are the, the areas that you have to, to kind of like look at and be able to silo them so that you can move on. Yeah, you're going to, you're going to, have to have oversight over your business but you know learning those key skills when you're first start, before you even start any business I think having financial literacy is very important. oh yeah and, very- and mm-hmm. girl we could we could talk about this for such a long time because financial literacy um even like with basic budgeting like I mm-hmm. thought again this is one of those things where you like duh it makes sense it's basic and it's like oh to you like there's so many people who like don't understand what a basic budget is and how to manage that and then you want to launch a business if you cannot control your w2 check Mm -hmm. right if you do not run your regular household if you run your regular household as a business and you cannot do that right i don't know if you can you can do a side hustle and there's a difference between having a side hustle and having a business. Mm-hmm. There's a huge difference. You could, you could have the side hustle that brings in the money for however long you doing your little side hustle for. But even with those, a lot of time, the, the reason why it's a side hustle, not a business, because you have no expense sheet. You have no, <laughs> no idea how much you actually made this month. It's like money comes in, money goes out. Yeah. You know, I just pay my bills like that's okay. But then you can't turn around and sell that business because ain't nobody knows how much the value of the business is. You know what I mean? So there's no structure there. Yeah. 
yeah, I do. Like, there's so much. There's so much to being like. It's a never-ending topic because, like I said, there's this. There's always going to be something. <laughs> so it's just, and that's in business, and you have to be able to be prepared for there always be something. So the 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 more skills the. That's just not the more skills, but the better you develop on certain skills, the easier it becomes to manage your business and to run your business. Um, but like I said, I think it all begins and ends if you're working with other people with communication, because if the communication ain't there, nothing else works out. I'll tell yeah. you that. <laughs> so that's that, that, that. Having that. them set up the proper expectations. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And even in relationship to us, I, I tell my, uh, my friends this and even my husband have the this conversation it's like a lot of times what causes rift and whether it's a romantic relationship or friendship it's like I am not meeting the expectation that I had for you but I never communicated what my expectations were of you mm-hmm. so it's like not not communicating what my expectations are and then um and I'm sure you would agree with that it's like inspect what you expect mm-hmm. not micromanaging it's yeah. just I just want to make sure you understood what I what the job was I gave you that you said you understood I just want to make sure we're on the same page <laughs> yeah I agree and then and that's almost like doing a, a, a report like let's take an assessment of where we are and like let's report on what's going on and stuff like that so and all like managing your, uh, your personal life and managing a business a lot of things are hand in hand it's just how you view them you know mm-hmm. um and, and i guess the difference the key difference is that in our personal lives we take emotion into consideration yeah. we take people's feelings into consideration in business you kind of have to like let go of that to a certain extent you know yeah to a certain extent but, to a certain extent yeah. Can be cold hearted, but you can't you can't hinge your business on how people feel because hey, feelings don't be broke. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be broke because um, fear is a huge, huge driver. And like, um, I'm I'm now about to start like small TikTok videos. I was dreading it for the longest. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I just need to start doing that. But um, I think like the rest of the month, I'm probably gonna talk about fear because I do feel like. Uh, whether it's fear of what people think about you, whether it's fear of what whatever, it's like that's a huge um, thing mm-hmm. of like deci- emotional decision making that are not very detrimental to your business and your life in general. Like making decisions off of other pr- people's perception of you and stuff like that. Oh, I mean, I think that's just like a human quality, especially with you know, our social dynamic now is just like all of our lives are out on display because of social media. You know, it's just like, we are concerned about like, does everybody like us? I mean, I'm not, but a lot of people are. Yeah. And, and social media is built that way. Yeah. You know it's built- I mean? So it's like, if you don't have, even your an, an analytics yeah, um, and stuff like that, like how many people viewed this and how many people like this. So it's like, like understanding, like you just need to have to look at the numbers. How do I grow the numbers and not personalize it? Like, oh, not enough people like me or whatever. It's like, okay, take your feelings out of that. It's like, what content makes sense? So let me just make that content that would whatever, you know? Exactly. It's it's challenging in these days, but this this was awesome, and I definitely want to invite you again to. Oh, have... thank you. Yes, no, like this was really really good. Like I I told you, like 
I was like, at first I was like, oh man, this, yeah. I, I, then I'm like, let me just start writing stuff down. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I feel like we'll probably will have another conversation than just budgeting and reporting alone. Cause that's um, on a personal level and on the business level, that's something that's like really, really key and understanding. And I don't think um, people take the time to, to do that. And then the operate, op- operational aspect mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. it like taking it writing it down like this is what I do when I'm doing when I have my marketing hat on this is what I do when I have my sales hat on this is what I do when I'm have my whatever on this is what I do so mm-hmm. you can be able to hire properly the person and you know what skills you're looking for because you took the time to write it down and stuff exactly. so there you go organization <laughs> Well, oh my I'm gosh! So happy to be here. Of course, I'm happy to come back. And... Yes, thank you so much. I know the phone is breaking up, but at least it was toward the end and not the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really, really happy for that. Thank you so much for you guys for hanging out with us and listening. Remember that anything that you need, you can ask God for. He will instruct you. He will. Um, listen and give you the wisdom on what the next steps are. So thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you, Michelle, for gracing our podcast with your presence. And you guys, I will see you next week.